0: Support for the Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. This week I want to thank Jenny for becoming a yearly supporter over on Patreon. If you love this show, keep it alive by going to Patreon.com/slash the Bittersweet Life Podcast. And hear all those fancy bonus episodes too. Two bonus episodes every month, plus an archive, things that you're not going to hear on the regular show. Lots of fun, lots of games. There are links To donate in the show notes And if you love this show And you think you really would like it to be there Week after week Your donations are vital Thank you so much Welcome to Rome This is The Bittersweet Life With Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Tiffany, back from vacation, back to Rome. Katie, still in Seattle, hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, but not that's yet. Fine. Not that's yet. You fine.
1: have something in
0: the works. That's, that's true. Not yet. Not yet. But Tiffany, we're going to talk a little bit about the trip, but specifically about you went to Austria, which is right across the border from northern Italy. And we're going to take a look at Italy versus Austria. And really that bigger question of how different can a place be when it's really not that far away from each other? You know, like it's really Mm -hmm. close to one another, kind of like Washington state to Canada. Here we are very close together. So where should we begin?
1: Well, first of all, I've always one thing I always loved about Europe and traveling in Europe and eventually living in Europe was the extreme cultural differences that you find in a very small landmass when you really look at it. I've always loved that. I've always appreciated the differences between cultures. But I was struck by a number of things when I was on this trip, uh, and I scribbled some of the things down, because like you said, it's really not that far. Now if you were to go to the far, far north of Italy, the Alto Adige region, you might not, you know, if I were from there, if I were living there, I might not experience such a big difference especially because a lot of people speak German in northern Mm. Italy, but it's not just the language. So, you know, but coming from Rome, coming from central Italy, but even I think as far north as Milan, you would get the same sorts of differences, Mm -hmm. I think. And so, yeah, it just struck me that, wow, you know, like you said, it's really close. If you were to take the train, which we flew, because we went to Vienna, which is significantly further away, but If you were to take like this fast train from Rome to Milan and then catch a train from Milan to the south of Austria, I mean, you're looking at maybe five or six hours in a train. It's really not that far. And yet there were so many differences that I noticed, Hmm. Um, you know, a lot of them right away. Yeah, because five or six hours, if I
0: was to take a train for five or six hours in the United States, because it's so large, I wouldn't even I'd barely be out of Washington state. Right. Like I might be into Montana. right exactly which is culturally different but not extremely culturally different uh
1: so all right yeah let's hear uh what are the differences well i mean the first one is not going to surprise you at all that it's so much quieter (laughs) (laughs) well well we've already Um, established long ago on this show that rome is the loudest place on earth so right uh well yeah i don't know about on earth but probably one of the loudest places in europe but i mean for example you know we were staying at this hotel for about a week of the time we were there for two weeks but one week we were staying at uh, a sort of spa resort in the mountains of southern austria and you know there were people from all over europe there some americans very few but occasionally there were americans there were brits there were scots there were um, lots of swiss people obviously german and austrian there were some italians most of the italians who were there seemed to be northern italian by their accents and what i noticed was just like the only people talking loud were Italians and Americans. Uh-huh. It yeah. was funny, or even, but even Brits, not just Americans, Italians, Americans, and Brits. But I did say to Claudio, "Is at one point Claudio's like, like listen, the only people who you can hear are the Italians. Mm. Like we'd be like in the dining room or something, and everybody's talking so quietly and having this extremely, you know, undertone conversation. And the you know the Italians are." <laughs> and I did say at one point, I was like, "Is it?" that the Italians are louder or is it just because we understand the language it pops to us and mm. I, I do think that's part of it because there were some British people sitting near us and man I could not stop I mean I, I felt like I was constantly listening in on their conversations not on purpose but just because either they were talking so loud or it was just because I was like I'm in this country where I don't speak the language and so My antennas are just like way out there for the languages that I do know. And Mm -hmm. I pick up on them immediately. So maybe a combination of both.
0: What was Claudio's
1: reflection on the Italians being so loud? Well, Claudio actually is, I think, very odd in that he, as an Italian, because he speaks like when we're out in public and we're having a private conversation, quote unquote private, like it might not be about anything terribly personal. But it's not, you know, something that we're broadcasting. He speaks so quietly; it actually gets on my nerves. Um, it's no, no, no. It's yeah. a, it's a serious annoyance for me because because it's a foreign language to me, even though I speak it. It's harder for me to understand someone speaking at that volume so quietly. Mm-hmm. And like I hate the fact that usually when we're out to dinner like I have to like actively sit forward in my seat or I will not be able to hear what he's saying. Like he pre- he basically whispers mm. when we're out together and it it absolutely drives me crazy. But on the other hand, I do appreciate that he's not screaming. So <laughs> It's um yeah that's funny. Derek's so
0: similar too. He often, he also talks so quietly when we're out in public and you know, I come from a career in radio, which means my ears are already ringing. So half the time I'm like what I can't even hear you. Like what I'm like. No one next to us can hear you. We I know. cannot hear I a can't word say you're saying. I'm <laughs>
1: like I'm like. Not only can nobody hear us, nobody can even understand us. There's almost no Italians here, you yeah. know, and they certainly can't hear us because they're talking so loud. Right. <laughs> so that's something that I have pointed out to him many times. Yeah. And I'm like, can you speak up? Because I don't know what you're saying, and sometimes I just want to lean back in my chair and be like, can't <laughs> hear you. Can't hear you right here. Yeah. <laughs> so before we leave that, that noticing
0: of where you were was so much quieter than being in Rome. Now that you're back in Rome, how do you feel about the noise after being in such a quiet place? I
1: I noticed it as soon as we were on the airplane. Hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, you can tell like we're around a whole bunch of Italians now because everyone is being so much louder. Hmm. And I just, I do appreciate, I'm not into the whispering <laughs> because quite frankly, nobody cares to like eavesdrop on your conversation if you're speaking quietly like no one's going to bother but I do like I appreciate the courtesy of speaking quietly so that other people can have a quiet tranquil lunch or whatever it is and you know not have to constantly like you know be hearing people squawking so Uh I prefer the quiet and did the quiet
0: extend past the talking You know how, like, in Rome, you can often hear, like, a motorbike zig by or uh, the garbage glass crashing into the back of a
1: thing? I mean, did you find that, like, general life was also more quiet or not? Definitely, but I think a lot of that was that we were, I mean, at least for that week, we were in the countryside. We were in the mountains, and so clearly it was more quiet simply because of geographically where we were. But, I mean, probably Probably it's even the big cities, even Vienna is much more quiet than Rome. But but the thing that really struck struck me was the people and the talking. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, What else yeah. did you find
1: while you were there? Well, okay, so this is going to sound really weird, but and I again, I think this is a situation where like you got you got two extremes because you've got the Italian extreme and you've got the what appeared to me to be a bit of an Austrian extreme. It seemed like the parents were much more like, quote unquote, negligent of their children. And, but I have to temper that with the fact that Italians are overly cautious with their children, and they're overly protective, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when it comes to dirtiness. Uh, Like Italians are terrified of anything that's dirty, it's kind of, it's a cultural thing. It Mm. does not extend beyond the borders. Like the French do not have this issue. And in fact, Italians think that French people are dirty, which I don't think is true, but Mm -hmm. that's what they say. Um, So Italians are extremely like careful about germs and kind of over the top with it. So I noticed that we were on a train and I made the mistake um, because we took three or four different trains during this trip. And I made the mistake when I was purchasing the trains uh, that on the first trip, I got a seats in the family zone. Now, what was I thinking? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't have a one-year-old, you know, who might be screaming, and therefore I want to be in the family zone so that people aren't annoyed at me. I have a pretty well-behaved almost eight-year-old, so I don't know what I was thinking. In fact, the other two trains, I immediately the same moment I booked, I booked them all together. I was like, no, no, let me book in the quiet zone. Cause in Italy, we don't have these choices. It's just, you book in the, like you get first class or second class. That's the choices.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in these Austrian trains, you have the silent zone, you have the kids zone, you have the bike zone, if you're bringing a bike. Hmm. And so it was the first train that we took and there were lots of kids in there. So it was a huge mistake. <laughs> that was not quiet, no. but uh, there was this baby. I mean, I guess I should say toddler. Um, probably a two year old, um, who sort of wandered away from her parents. And she was like sitting in the middle of the aisle on the train, like four or five rows in front of her parents.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know about you. And I don't, I don't think you have to be an Italian to be grossed out by the floor of a train, right? Sure. Yes. I mean, it's (laughs) gross. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a lot. You don't
0: picture people mopping in there a lot.
1: No, no. And this little tiny, sweet little girl in a little dress is crawling all over the floor. At one point, she went under one of the seats, like someone else's seat. We kept looking back at her because we couldn't see where her parents were. Mm. Um, And she literally put her face flat down, like her mouth, nose, forehead on the ground under one of the seats. And I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) why are this, is this child's parents not grabbing her and bringing her back to where they are, and being like, don't touch the floor. <laughs> so again, again, I come from an Italian perspective where they're overly concerned with cleanliness. But another situation, again, a train situation. This father was getting on the train. You know how those trains are. Like there's a two big steps to get up onto the train, mm-hmm. and then there's like underneath the steps is like the train tracks. And I'm, you know, I see this father. He's got a suitcase in either hand. And it was just the father and like a three year old boy. The father gets up on the train with his suitcases and the little boy is just on his own. Mm-hmm. And his father's not looking back. He's not like reaching down a hand. And the little boy is just getting up on the train and following his dad. And I'm like, oh, my God, aren't you scared that your kid has maybe fallen and you you didn't notice? Or, I mean, so, I mean, I'm honestly torn because part of me is like, yes, teach the kids to be self-confident and to be self-sufficient. Great. But on the other hand, I'm like, your kid might fall under the train tracks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, seems like a dangerous situation to just depend on like duckling mode,
0: you know, where it just follows you along. <laughs> exactly.
1: Right? Exactly. Right. And I mean, just in general, I just, I just felt like there were always a lot of times there's like kids just wandering around the hotel, and I'm like, where are your parents? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, that's maybe less dangerous, but I mean, the whole, I was just st- struck by that difference. Italian yeah. parents are very careful with their kids i feel
0: i mean i get the impression that american parents are the
1: same way at this point helicopter parenting. helicopter parenting yeah do they call that helicopter parenting in italy no they do not but i think that they do it whether they know what it's called or not i Mm -hmm. think italian parents are are big bigly into uh Kind of curating their children's lives, I mean we see you see it in the the way that ch- children children don't move out of the house. It's like, why should I move out? My mother does everything for me <laughs> yeah right. um however, one thing that I think is different between Italian parents and American parents is when you go to the playground in Italy, the parents are like sitting on the benches chatting with each other or on their phone or even sometimes having a drink, you know uh while their kids are playing. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think American parents are like, I've got to be involved. I've got to be on the swing with my child or I'm a bad parent. And I think Italians don't necessarily have that compunction. At the pool where I really take swimming lessons, the parents go and have a drink while their kids are (laughs) having um, having their swimming lesson. Like they go sit in like the little cute outdoor bar and they have a Prosecco while their kids are swimming. Mm. And me as an American you know mom I'm like no I gotta I gotta be there I gotta be (laughs) sitting and watching him and so I do think it's not totally the same but there are definitely similarities
0: well it's definitely not the same in that there wouldn't be a bar built next to the pool in the United (laughs) States part of
1: the pool yeah (laughs) as a part of the
0: pool if the parents were drinking which they might be at certain points it would be like in a traveler's coffee mug whatever they right. had they would have brought with them to <laughs> suffer the lesson with their friends but right <laughs> but yeah I mean what a revelation if there was a bar actually hooked to the uh, to the spot I could see that changing behavior I mean we don't do like you know arts festivals or anything like that without having a beer garden so we're not too many steps away um uh kids fairs often have a beer garden oh that's nice but I don't know. There's something also indignified about a beer garden, in my opinion, uh, where you're like <laughs> stuck within like these um, fences, you know, in the hot sun, <laughs> trying to choke down your beer while your kid's talking to you through the fence because they can't come
1: through. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's an- that's another so, big difference. And I don't want to go too off topic because this isn't U.S. and Italy difference right. episode. But the fact that kids can be in bars and places where alcohol is served I think is a plus in Italy not I mean I'm not sitting here being like we should all be drunk while we're parenting or anything like that yeah but like in Italy like you see parents who go out to aperitivo and they're out to have a drink a Mm -hmm. spritz or a glass of wine or whatever it is in a outdoor cafe and their kids are, are there now maybe there's a playground nearby and their kids are playing or maybe their kids are just playing around in the piazza or sitting down with them but it's not this separation of Mm -hmm. like okay it's mom time i'm doing mom time now and now i'm gonna go do adult time it's kind of all mixed up together Mm -hmm.
0: yeah which i do appreciate i can't speak for the entire united states but in washington there are places where parents can go and get a drink where the kids can be with them but there needs to be this arbitrary line Between the bar and where the kid is sitting. For instance, if you picture a typical bar with a bunch of bar stools along it, let's say. Mm -hmm. If there's a rail, a railing behind that, then the kids and the parents can sit on the other side of the rail and be not in violation. If the kids were sitting next to their dad at the bar, that would be a problem. If there's no rail, like the bar is part of a big room,
1: then the kids can't be in there. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. I But I do remember that from growing up, and I remember there being something so illicit about the bar. Oh, like yeah. Like it's like this dirty, scandalous place. <laughs> yeah, I you know, know, you and I got go. kicked out of
0: a – remember we got kicked out of a – we went to like a fancy hotel in Bellevue when we were teenagers <laughs> because they had a like band playing or something where you thought it would be fun mm-hmm. to go see some live music. And of course, we didn't look 21, you know, we look like 15 or whatever. And they came up to us and we're like, do you have any ID? You And we're like, "Uh, no, but yeah, we're 21. We're not going to order anything, you know, we're not going to order anything. We're just here for the music. And they're like, you need to get out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, give me another
1: difference between Italy and Okay, this is small, but water Bottled water is so much more expensive, obscenely more expensive. Like I'm talking a a big bottle of either still or sparkling water, same, $6.50 we were getting charged in some cities, whereas the same bottle of water in Italy would be two, maximum two.
0: You have to buy the water. They won't just give you tap water.
1: No, you, you can ask for tap water, but some places charge you for tap water too.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: not every place but some of the places so what we ended up doing was like we we because both of both cloudy and i like to drink sparkling water at Mm -hmm. dinner but Aurelio obviously doesn't so a lot of times we'd order like a medium-sized bottle of sparkling water for us and then some like a carafe of tap water for aurelio because the tap water there is fine it's you know it's totally drinkable Mm -hmm. but still i was just like looking at this menu and i'm like how can you charge 650 for a bottle of water and even the little bottles like in Italy if you go into a bar like a coffee bar you buy a bottle of water it's one to 150 mm-hmm. and there it's like 250 to three I feel like Italy is especially Rome uh, the center of Rome is an area that will try to squeeze money out of you any way they can but they don't they don't do it in the water which I appreciate yeah I was shocked by that but on the other hand, I felt like if you bought something like if you bought coffee at a coffee shop at a bar, what we call a bar in Italy, coffee bar, um, and you went and sat down at the tables there, even if the tables were in like some insanely beautiful place, like on the top of a mountain, you mm-hmm. know, we occasionally went to these, you know, you climb the mountain, there's a coffee bar up there, which is obviously awesome. Yeah. Um, and you think, okay, the, the seats on the terrace, like right in front of the mountain, you know, they're going to charge you double if you sit there. Like that's what they do in Italy. If you mm-hmm. wanted table service, it'd be like eight bucks for whatever it is. You know, your ice cream would be eight bucks. instead yeah. of 150. Totally. Um, and you just go in there, you order from the bar. And I'm like, can we t- you sit at the table? They're like, sure, go ahead. No extra charge, nothing. Mm. So I appreciated that a lot. So you're just reminding me of some of the things I can't stand about
0: <laughs> being over there. I-, I mean, I was thinking like when you first said that they charge a lot of money for a bottled of water, I was thinking to myself, oh, well, maybe that's to deter people from buying bottles of water. Because they do that kind of stuff here sometimes where it's like, we need to like cut down on how many plastic bottles people are consuming. So we're going to charge you more for this thing. So that you don't you think twice about buying it. So Mm -hmm. I was like at first thinking that but but no, they're just charging you for water at the restaurant, which I always find just, I guess that's an American thing. So irritating (laughs) to have to To have to pay for water. I I mean, I totally get it. In countries where the water is not drinkable to a foreigner, let's say, then Mm -hmm. I get it. You got to pay for water at dinner. But Italy's water is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. So it's always bothered me that they charge me at all.
1: (laughs) Well, Italy won't charge you for tap water. And by law, they have to bring you tap water if you ask for it. So you can always ask for tap water if you want it and you don't feel like paying for it. But at least it's not that expensive. But yeah these were glass bottles Mm. of water so there isn't the plastic thing and usually restaurants that serve water in glass bottles they send them back you know they recycle Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. through the whatever the company is but anyway yeah i just think it's a way to make money personally yeah i mean i get Um, it i get it what else you got okay a few more the trains are way slower Mm. you would think wow austria you know germany that whole part of the world like wow the train service is going to be amazing I purchased the tickets on a website so i was able to see the times of the trains like how long they were and i wanted to book the quickest trains and in all the cases i booked the quickest train that was possible and in all cases they were really slow and they made so many stops in italy if you go to florence uh from rome there are no stops in between if you take the fast train it's a straight shot and you're there in an hour and a half mm-hmm. um and there are even direct trains from rome to milan that don't make any stops Mm. not all of them some of them stop in florence and or bologna but you can get it in austria it's like every you know 15 minutes making a stop and the train you can feel that the train has the capacity to go fast but he never really gets there because he keeps having to stop so Mm -hmm. our last train was from innsbruck to Vienna and it took five hours and it was actually (laughs) late the train was late which Uh, you'd think oh in Austria the trains are running on time but no it was like 45 minutes late which was which is really really frustrating well (laughs) Um, and how did they compare like are they more comfortable are they any different do they look like the same um, actually they they're not as nice from what I saw the Eurostar like the Frecciarossa, which is the fast train was a little bit nicer not much nicer but a little bit nicer, like a little bit cleaner. But I will say that I appreciate the silent car on the Austrian trains, which I don't think exists in Italy.
0: <laughs> Not that I've ever seen.
1: No, <laughs> no, I've seen it on a German train before, but never on an Italian train. But the buses. So we took a bus one time when we were in the mountains and it said, you know, the bus is going to pass at 103. And we're standing there and it was the bus once an hour. So like, we're like, we cannot miss this bus or we're gonna be stuck here for an hour or we're gonna have to walk back. And so we're standing there and I was like, gosh, I wonder if it'll be on time. Like if we were in Italy, it would not be on time. It would be totally random. It would not follow a schedule. It was like 103 click, there's the bus in the distance coming along. And we hop on the bus and uh, the driver had this like little, looked kind of like a cell phone, little machine. And basically it had like, as soon as the bus started, off again it had a countdown on it two minutes and five seconds two minutes and four seconds two minutes and three seconds and Mm. basically what it was was like that was the time he had to be at the next stop oh wow so as he's driving along he sees the seconds ticking by and he knows if he's late so I guess it's just a way to help them be on time so I thought that was cool yeah stressful if you're the bus driver I feel yeah (laughs) but yes but nice if you're a, a passenger yeah for sure
0: The opposite of uh, the one time I got on a bus in Rome and the driver, just as we were all sitting down, the driver got off the bus and said, I'll be back in a little bit. At least that's as much as I could understand of his Italian. And then he was gone for like 15 minutes. I don't know what he was doing, but
1: bathroom break? I'm not sure. (laughs) That's awful. That's awful. (laughs) So here's something strange that I don't, I don't know like how this is handled in a lot of different countries. So the hotel we were staying at had a spa and they had a family spa and an adults only spa because it was kind of a hotel that caters to families. Um, you know, they wanted to make sure that, you know, if kids, if your kids want to go to the spa with you, they have the opportunity to, but there's also an area where kids are not allowed. So parents can, or, you know, whatever, any adult can just relax without having kids around. And in the adult spa, uh, and, you know, there were saunas and steam rooms and just areas where you could sort of relax. You were not allowed to wear your bathing suit. Mm. So you could keep covered in a towel. You didn't like have to flash everybody it wasn't like the rule that you have to flash people but you could totally be naked it's totally co-ed in the big sauna i walked in there first couple times saw plenty of parts um <laughs> you know and you try to keep your eyes to yourself but um you know it's it, it the first time you know you walk in you're like oh my gosh this is so weird and you know you're covering yourself up but by the end you're like lying there totally nude, like everybody else, because you're like, what, (laughs) who cares? Um,
0: (laughs) I'll never see these people again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And um, there's even like, this one area of the spa, there was uh, like, there's one of the steam rooms with a glass window that looks into another part of the spa where there's like a little salt pool, where you can sort of go in and it's supposed to be really good for your skin. It's a very small pool, like you're not doing laps in there. Um, But it's bigger than like a hot tub. And there's obviously a shower right next to it, because obviously, if you've just come out of the sauna, you know, you're sweating, you don't want to get in the pool with your sweat. So like, I, I, you know, there was like a couple in the sauna, middle aged couple, you know, they were fine. They were like, totally normal people and not being weird in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I came out and I was like, okay, I want to go in this pool. But like, now I have to basically shower naked in front (laughs) front of these these people. people. (laughs) And, and then uh, I go in the pool and like, there was literally like a light, like that shining into the pool because it's a very dark space right inside this spot. So there's this light inside the pool and I'm like, well, whatever, okay, I'm just gonna go with it. And I, I thought, you know, this, this, I don't think this would happen in Italy. I just, it seems to me that, and like, I can't, I can't swear to that, but I just don't, feel like Italians are as liberal and free about that kind of thing.
0: Is this what the baths the Roman
1: baths used to be like? The- well, yes, but they were co- they were not co-ed. Yeah. Uh, people were totally naked in their Roman baths, but it was men if I recall, it was men in the morning and women in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So there would be, you know, you wouldn't come across someone of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that in Scandinavia that's how they do it. I have a friend who's Finnish and I visited her family in Helsinki and in Finland, like pretty much every apartment building of any size has a sauna in the building mm. because it's so much part of their culture. And my friend said, yeah, like I just grew up going to the sauna and I you sit there naked like next to your dad. And it's like not weird. It's just totally normal to sit <laughs> there because, you know, it's too hot in a sauna to even cover yourself up with a towel. So you just sit there naked and it's no big deal. Mm. In Finland, like that seems totally Right. Because that's how Finnish people are. They're very, they're not, they're like very practical. I don't know how to say it. Like, <laughs> uh, they're very, and, and my, my, this Finnish friend of mine, she she even said, she was like, when you grow up in Finland, like there's no dating, like people don't go out on dates, young people, they go out all together. And then when you want to have sex with someone, you basically go up and ask them, you're just like, do you want to have sex? And they're like, either yes or no. <laughs> and I remember when I felt like I was ready to have sex. I just like, there was a guy that I liked and I just went up to him and I was like, you know, it's a guy she knew from school and just said, you guys, do you want to have sex? And he was like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, they, they don't have any, um, they don't make a big deal out of it. Whereas I feel like Italians, it's all about like the chase, you know, and it's all about, you know, flirtation and Mm. uh, the game and the dance and, you know, playing hard to get, you know. So I feel like from north to south, there is this big cultural difference in that sense. Mm. I was surprised that Austria was, I mean, I'm not totally surprised, but, you know, I was like, okay, so they do the, they go the Finnish way, just totally naked in the, in the spa. Did you know that it was going to be like that when you uh, booked the tickets? No, I I didn't know. And I mean, like I said, I could have sat with totally covered up with a towel. And that's fine to do. But you know, you're going to see naked people in the spa. It doesn't bother me. But it just it just kind of made me wonder, like, would this happen in Italy? Would this happen in central southern Italy? Probably not.
0: Yeah, I don't think it it definitely wouldn't happen here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I was wondering about that, too. I was like, is this how it is in America? Because like, I haven't lived in there for so long i don't even know i mean i haven't been to so many spas
0: that i am super well versed i would say but i Mm. i do know that there is one spa that's a naked spa that's for females only that is Mm -hmm. near the seattle area and that it's kind of an anomaly and everybody says it's so great there it's so nice there in most spas i feel i don't know i'm just thinking about like i think there is a uh a lot about sort of covering up i imagine you know like i don't i think it's like put on your bathing suit and shower ahead of time or right if it's like a a skin treatment with somebody else it's like the person is well versed in how to move that towel around without ever exposing anything on you, you yeah know?
1: so uh, for sure for sure i remember mm-hmm. the the first time i had a like a massage in somewhere it was somewhere in central europe i think it was in slovakia it was a man <laughs> Who uh-huh. was massaging me. And usually in the States, you know, like they give you the little paper underwear, right? Oh, I don't know. I've never seen paper underwear. Normally
0: you're like naked, but they have blankets over you and they know how to move the blankets around so that you're ah, never, okay. nothing's ever showing.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, in Italy anyways, like when you get a wax, you've got like the little paper. Oh, I really? mean, they're not, <laughs> yeah, they're not made of paper, but they're made of like, they're they're disposable, hmm. like a little disposable thong underwear that you wear and I've had I've been given those during massages as well and I was just I just remember being in Slovakia and being like okay so we're just totally we're throwing it off (laughs) 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 okay here we go (laughs) but you know you know it's funny like all of this talk reminds me that and I get it I get it why Italians travel in Italy Italy has so much it has so many different types of landscape it has so many different types of of cities you know art it there's so much there's so much nature so much varied nature from sardinia to the dolomites that a lot of italians just don't feel the need to go outside of italy a lot you know Mm -hmm. when they're you know planning their like yearly vacation Mm -hmm. but it's so valuable to go outside of your country i mean obviously i'm stating the obvious because this is a podcast about Exploring. Going out of your comfort zone and <laughs> yeah. exploring and going to new cultures. So I'm, I'm really not saying anything new. But these little things were like, oh, they do it differently here. Oh, here mm. we go to the spa totally naked. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. it It is a good reminder of, you know, just reminding yourself that people are not all the same. And people live differently. And, and there's not one right way to do something. And it's interesting to see how other people live. Yeah. Another thing that struck me was just how... The people who work in service, whether they're waiters and waitresses or uh, people in shops, like they come across in Austria, they come across at first glance as being kind of not very friendly. They're very sort of serious and not smiling when they Mm -hmm. first meet you. But after a while, it's like all you have to do is like make one step towards them, like ask them for something in a sort of nice way. And all of a sudden they become super helpful and super kind and super accommodating. I just thought that was also interesting because i feel like in italy you, you might get and in the states as well like you might get the opposite like you might get someone who's over the top friendly and helpful like when you first meet them and, and you're smiling and charming like in italy you get the charm mm. it's all about the charm
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh and the way women talk especially and men too like they're just they have a way of, of charming you and making you like them
0: hmm.
1: and i just don't get that i didn't get that in austria like there was no like sense of okay, now I'm going to make you like me. Now I'm going to be really, you know, fascinating and and charming. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, this little sort of warmth, spark of warmth comes out that maybe is more authentic. I don't know.
0: Hmm. Customer service-wise, though, better than what you get in Italy? Because I know you always hate the customer service. <laughs>
1: <so>. <laughs> you know, I can't really say better or worse. It's different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, without being too stereotypical and, and ca- you know, putting everyone in one category... You do, I do feel in Italy, like, you know, when you walk up to uh, someone in a, uh, in a shop, like they, they know the right things to say and they say it with a smile and they say it with this sort of like sparkle in Mm -hmm. the eye, but like go deeper and they kind of seem like they don't, they're annoyed that you're even there and you're, (laughs) they're annoyed that you're even talking to them Mm -hmm. and they're not actually being helpful. Right. Whereas... In Austria, I felt like, yeah, nobody's trying to charm me right now, but there was something more authentic in them when they did say, oh, of course, here it is, or whatever, you know, I'm asking for. It just seemed like a little more spontaneously friendly, Hmm. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, I think here people are in the US are pretty friendly, generally speaking. They are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of expected that your job, if you're in any service industry, is to be attentive to a certain degree you know if you're completely slammed people understand but if you're not people kind of expect you to be attentive if if anything's going on you know
1: yeah well they do have the tipping sort of right. culture in the states it doesn't exist as much yeah but i mean in even Europe.
0: in a clothing store like you can't walk in without somebody being like can i help you find something and sometimes it makes you not want to go in the store you're like no
1: i don't yeah don't most people in shops work on commission
0: Uh, I don't know if most. I think it would depend on the level of shop. Like, I think
1: if it was an expensive store, then maybe. But if it's like a TJ... I feel like at The Gap, when I was growing up, yeah. and I'd go to The Gap, they'd be like, okay, you know, just tell them that Marcy helped you, you know? Mm. And then Marcy gets her 10% commission or whatever, 5% commission. I don't really
0: know. That's a good question. I've never worked in uh, retail in that regard, so I can't say. Neither have
1: I, but I I feel like that is or at least it used to be the case in most big chain shops and stuff. Whereas in Italy, you know, unless it's run by the owner, which you do get sometimes, like you're in a small boutique and the owner is actually the one helping you, which is great, usually great, unless they think you're going to steal from them and then they follow you around, which is not so great. But, uh, you know, (laughs) usually when you're in a shop, it's like the the salespeople, like they could not care less (laughs) in Italy. If you buy something, if you find something,
0: yeah they're just counting the hours yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: all right cool well welcome back it's nice to see your face again it was lonely in the office without you (laughs) oh and i guess we'll leave it there and until next time this is the bittersweet life i'm katie sewell
1: i'm tiffany parks
0: join us again bye if you love the show take a moment to leave us a review on apple podcasts it means the world to us Thanks.